podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Weekly Podcast from Taunton. I'm Yaz Rana and this evening I'm joined by Wisdom's Harry Josephs on this evening's show. We're here an interview with England's newest spinner Matt Parkinson but before that Harry and I will talk a bit about what we saw here today at Taunton. Somerset resuming the day on 75 for 4 were pinned back by Essex to 130 for 8 and then 144 for 9 before Jack Leach and Rudolf van der Merwe combined to put on 59 for the 10th wicket to get Somerset up to a final score of 203. A very handy score on this deck. Harry, what is it about Jack Leach and Valiant 10th wicket partnerships this summer? Well, in all seriousness, he just puts a real value on his wicket, which is just it's really impressive to do that when you're batting at number 11. I know he got up to number 10 for the England side. But I imagine as when you're the senior batsman, I know Van der Merwe was at 10, but he's batted from 3 to 10 in all cricket. So he's more than capable with the bat. Mm. I imagine that gives you great confidence to say, I can be a positive, but I can also at the same time back Jack to block six balls out without doing anything crazy other than maybe the odd silly single. Yeah. But there was no Nathan Lyon today. Yeah, I mean, he's quite interesting though. Having Leach at the other end compared to a normal number 11, he just, he just he's got a very solid technique. So I think as a batsman, you do less stupid things or you don't take as many risks, the score runs, because you know that actually... I can I can give him a few balls and then I'll be fine at the other, in the next over. Do you think that 92 against Ireland gave Leach huge confidence that not necessarily I can score 92 every time I mm. bat, but I'm more than capable of sticking at an end and being a really useful foil and also really able to frustrate the opposition? Mm, 100%, 100%. Uh, at a very different level of the game, I'm a lower order batsman tail ender and for me it makes a massive difference if I bat higher in the order and do all right in one game because then I then have the confidence I can do I can do well when 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 the team is expecting something from me um on on van der Merwe he's got to be one of the best number 10s ever uh, he's got a first class double 100 he's got on one day 150 he really took the attack to Simon Harmer today and it and it paid off here's what he said about that at the end of the day Oh, it's hard. A situation like today, or where, where the wicket is turning, it, you you can either sit and wait, or you can play. It's, it's yeah. risk involved. I mean, I could have gotten out first time I've taken a risk, yeah. and it looked like look absolutely silly. But on the day, it's worked, and yeah, you know, got my team in a good position. We felt, well, I felt anything about 150. You know, how the weather's gone and everything's gone. I mean, you can't control the weather, but. I think uh, 200 in the end is a competitive uh, total. So, Harry, what, what do you make of Van der Merwe's innings? Because it was a proper game-changer. Until that point, Simon Harmer was all over Somerset. And then when Van der Merwe came in, he, he really took the attack to him and it paid off big time. It was a really, really impressive innings, wasn't it? Um, I think he hit his first ball for six, if not four. He swept early in his innings and you thought, oh, there's a bit of intent here. And you could maybe... It's hard to criticise on that wicket any of the batsmen because you've got to go about your business your own way. But Abel and Best, they they were solid in defence, but scoring runs looked really challenging. Whereas Van der Merwe just played in a real different mindset. He thought, you know what, I'm going to try and bully you out of the attack, Harmer, who had bullied the Somerset batsman up until that point. It's slightly baffling why he was batting at 10. 
why Craig Overton and Best were above him because he's obviously mm. a fine, fine batsman. No disrespect to the other two; they're mm. both good, very solid enough batsmen. Mm. But Van der Merve's a proper cricketer, isn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. What about uh, the way Essex reacted to him? Do you think that Tenderskater could have done anything else? Um, he dropped the field back totally. And I thought that took away Harmer's wicket-taking options. Harmer suddenly had to totally change the way he's been bowl- he'd been bowling all day and, to be honest, all season. He was suddenly on the defensive and the only way he was really getting Manda Merva out was being caught on the boundary. Um, and it's something that I think we're seeing a lot in cricket nowadays that because of white ball cricket, batsmen are very uh, capable of hitting the ball over boundary rope fielders. So think this year we've seen two of the great ever innings with number 11 batsman Kusal Pereira and Ben Stokes is unbeaten hundreds taking away that wicket taking option I think does make quite a big difference and I think they should have at least had one or two catches in there absolutely I I struggle to understand quite what the logic was I don't know if Harmer's I know Tender Scarter's captain but Harmer's a senior spinner you Mm. would imagine he sets the same field if he said you know what I'm going to wait for Van der Merwe to miss Q1 eventually Mm. he will that just seems crazy to me Although there was a very good point made in the press box today that by that partnership extending with the amount of rain we've had, that basically meant Essex had less time to bat today, meaning they went in at stumps. You think maybe if they'd have got the wicket early, half an hour extra to bat, it it probably wasn't tender scarts thinking. It'd be quite a rogue way about going about your business, but it might have played into Essex's hands almost better than... 150 all out. Yeah, I, I get what you mean because if they did bowl them out for 150, then Essex would have had to have bat, batted quite a long way because today was quite a weird day in that everyone basically knew, given the forecast, that the day would end at T and had Somerset been bowled out for 150, Essex would then have had a much longer period to bat and if you're thinking about ways in which Somerset win this game, taking three or four early wickets in that scenario would have gone a long way to achieving that but that didn't Happened and in the end, actually, there was a really crucial pattern to play where Nick Brown and Alistair Cook got through to T25 for naught. So, two questions. So number one, there were suggestions at the end of the day that the ECB might be interested in the quality of the pitch. I think it seems fine, even though I think 203 is a decent score on that. It kept low occasionally and it's spinning a lot, but there's nothing totally out of the ordinary. Do you think that's fair? It's boring of me, but yeah, I completely agree yeah. with you. I don't have any problems with the wickets Somerset have created. They've created turning wickets for a few years now mm. again no problem with that it's I think it's good for our batsmen we criticize wickets being too green and nibbling around too much and if they spin too much but the players you are top level cricketers you are top level batsmen you should be able to bat on most different wickets and to be able to adapt and change your game in order to succeed in my opinion yeah I think it's been really high quality bowling for Essex it's got their wickets as well so Harmer got uh, a lot of wickets getting a lot of bounce in the pitch bowling to a field where he has two men catching on the leg side uh, short leg and kind of a leg slip and he's and then Sam Cook has taken four wickets for basically nothing been very economical he bowled brilliantly again today there were two two very eye-catching wickets one with Lewis Gregory where he just decides to leave one and off stump hit him on the pad and another one I think that's on best that middle stump out the ground um, so it's been it's been good bowling that's got the wickets rather than any demons in the pitch and the fact that Van der Merwe played the innings he did, and almost to another level, Leach got 11 or 14 or whatever he got. He could he was able to score runs mm. on that pitch. Van der Merwe's innings, is, that's the prime example. Mm. You can score runs if you are positive and you judge your shots perfectly. Mm. So for me, no problems with that pitch at all. 
And in terms of the game situation here, uh, the, I think the, if we had a, if this was a four day game, the game is set up so well. But it's not a four day game because of the weather we've had and the weather we're likely to have. Uh, I'd say ordinarily the game would be in the balance, but Essex basically need to bat reasonably long once to seal the championship. Two sessions tomorrow, and you some say you take twenty wickets, and you and unless something truly remarkable happens, Essex will pass a follow on score with ease. So is that is that how you how you see it going, or do you or do you think that there's a chance that Jack Leach could can roll through Essex? The only reason I almost think there's a chance is because of what this summer of cricket has been like and it has just been so crazy but I think the realistic side of me thinks if probably looking at the weather if Essex were to finish tomorrow three or four wickets down I reckon personally I think this game's about done but this summer you just never know you'd be crazy to say that Essex have won the championship just yet I mean we've seen so many times this summer where in county cricket and in recent seasons where you, you have like 25 plus wickets in a day you never know that could happen this is we are nearly in October you never know. It's true. And the Essex media guys were saying today they bowled Kent out for 40, didn't they? That that could exactly. then happen to them. Or exactly. they could do it to some set and they could win the game. Exactly. Anyway, early in the day, Harry spoke to England newbie Matt Parkinson about his call-up in the indoor school. Hence the bat sounds in the background. Apologies for that. It includes a great story of how he found out about his call-up. Um, Harry, before... We, we, we show the recording of, of your interview with, with Matt. Your, you talked very well about him yesterday. What's your kind of perception of how he's taken the, the rise to the to full England setup? Well, I should probably give a little bit of context. I know Matt reasonably well. I used to work at Leicestershire and know his twin brother Callum incredibly well. It didn't surprise me how Matt was at all. He's a, he's a calm, he's relaxed and he backs himself. He knows he's a really, really good cricketer. And he just took it in his stride. He's probably frustrated that they haven't played today because he will want Lanks to win that game of cricket. Um, I thought he spoke brilliantly. I thought you could tell that he was absolutely delighted. And just on a side note, I think the little the story about how he felt getting Callum out was a really nice one mm. in the sense you'd think normally sibling rivalry, you always want it. But that was so far well, from the truth with Matt. He don't give too much away. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, here is that interview between Harry and Matt. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I, I, I enjoyed listening to your podcast this morning. Very did nice. You, you had a listen, did you? That's a massive plug for us. I did. How did you find out about the call-up? Um, so, yeah, I got a... He meant to get a phone call. Um, so, Saqib was obviously not playing. He's resting this week. And he got a phone call at one thirty from Ed Smith whereas I was fielding at 1.30 um, so I was bowling I uh, was down at fine leg went in to bowl my over and at the end of the over uh, Stephen Croft who was at Silly Point got a notification on his iWatch uh, saying obviously I was in the squad so yeah very odd way to find out and then Saqib shouted on from the balcony that I was in the squad so not yet the usual way of finding out but um, obviously pleased Pleased to get to get the call up. That's absolutely amazing. Just on Sakib, rogue, rogue as anything. Yeah. <laughs> just on Sakib, um, is he resting? Just as in his young and workload management and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, obviously he's had a, had a busy season and with the obviously the title being confirmed and um, yeah, I think it's just a chance to look at look at other teams. Obviously he's had, he's had a fantastic season and that's finished off with him being selected in both the red ball and the white ball England squads. Yeah, and 
back to yourself. Did you did you expect to get the call up? Did you think it was coming, or did you think, as in, without trying to sound brutal, you haven't played a huge amount of red ball cricket. It's just when you do play, you take millions of wickets. So yeah, I had a had a hope that I'd get called for the white ball squad. Um, I thought the performances I put in the blast and hearing about how it was a young squad they were taking, um, leaving out sort of the big dogs. Um, I had a hope that I'd get selected for the T20 squad. Um, but yeah, to be selected in the red ball squad is obviously a huge honour and not something I wasn't expecting. But I do pride myself on my red ball bowling. Um, I don't pigeonhole myself as a white ball operator. Um, yeah, I think my numbers are quite good and hopefully I'm going to see some of the, 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 the they like me before. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting, so you would go as far as saying that your white ball cricket is slightly further ahead than your red at the minute or do you see them on a parallel? Um, yeah, you'd probably say my all-round game in white ball, uh, I'm more experienced. Um, I'm very lucky to bowl at, at Old Trafford, which is conducive to spin um, in my red ball. and I've probably Not like your brother then? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't mind Grosvenor really yesterday, but yeah, I can see it being a challenge week in, week out, um, having to bowl spin there, um, which again, it will be a challenge in South Africa, uh, sorry, New Zealand. Um, but yeah, um, I do see my, my game in de- decent order in red ball cricket and I'm just viewing it as a chance to learn learn more about my, my red ball game. And do you know do you know many of the lads in the England in that squad? Obviously, you know your Lanks mates and Saki and Joss for the Tests stuff. But any of the others? Um, not particularly. I've come across them in, in county cricket um, the past sort of four years. Um, but again, I, I haven't played much Lions cricket um, really. Um, so yeah, I'll be some some fresh faces, and it'll obviously be good to good to good to meet them and, and get get to know them. Yeah, and what about sort of? your other part of your winter as in you go away for the first part of it have you got any franchise cricket lined up or anything um, yeah tough question um, it's all but up in the air at the minute um, yeah we'll just see what happens obviously on, on this tour to New Zealand um, see what develops from that um, trying to get a few gigs but again it's all dependent on selection and how I probably to perform if, if selected in, in any of the T20s yeah and then I've got to ask you he'll kill me I'm sure how good was getting cow out yesterday? Um, you didn't very, celebrate. Uh, I thought you'd give a bit. Nah, I don't, not a I bit. Don't enjoy, I don't enjoy playing against him at all. Um, never, uh, never mind bowling at him. Um, yeah. He played me very well, actually. I've I watched um, pretty much every ball as you can imagine. I would have of him. Yeah, he, put, and, he, um, played, he, he played well. To be he fair, he played you better but, than any of the other Leicester batsmen. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not something I enjoy. Um, I didn't mind it when he got to twenty. I relaxed a bit. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's lose lose really. Like, I want him to do well whilst also wanting Lanks to do well. So, so perfect situations like cow fifty, you bowl him out for yeah. one seventy type thing. Yeah, my idea would have been him to get a red red ink and me get me get everyone else out <laughs> instead. Um, but yeah, it's not obviously being a twin. It's a different relationship to it being your brother. Like I don't think there's that. There is a competitive edge, but not between each other. We both desperately want each other to do well and. I'm proud of him. I'm, I'm proud of him, and I'm sure he's, he's proud of me. But yeah, yeah. it wasn't a very nice moment. Um, getting him out. Thanks for listening to today's show, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. If you're listening for the first time and you've enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and tell your friends. See ya.
Social Podcast Network.